Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most procedurally generated podcast network. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of All The Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. I am Jonathan Valenzuela. And this week we are talking about Ori and the Blind Forest, Ukulele and the... Is it like... Freedom Finger. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the name of the game. The Ukulele game is called like Ukulele and the Impossible Door, I think. Okay. Ukulele I, and the I've Freedom Finger. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but... Uh... Man, ukulele two. Why not just call it Tukulele? Yeah, it's not called ukulele two. It's called yeah because you, it's, it's a very different game. Right. Um, okay. Well, both of my games are kind of tied to Microsoft in 2019. Yeah. And that's like the one ecosystem that I have not been any part of <laughs> no. my entire life. I've never ever had an Xbox of any kind. I've never had a Windows. I haven't had a Windows computer since the very early 2000s. Okay. Um and. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, there's been a, a, a ton of uh, Microsoft experiences that I just haven't been able to experience. I was I was so happy when in that Nindy Direct they announced Ori in the Blind Forest. I think that was I was I messaged you and was like, "Have you watched the direct?" And you were like, "No." I'm like, "There's something I really <laughs> want to discuss with you. Hurry up and watch it." Yeah, obviously, like yeah, um, we had Cuphead come to the Switch last year, and everyone was like, "This is like this is unprecedented." Like Microsoft are working with with Nintendo. Um, and Microsoft are coming out and saying, like, you know, we don't really care where you play our games. We just want you to play our games. It just, it makes, like, so much sense. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I love that it's happening. Like, I, from a, I, I'd never want Nintendo to do this. If, I, like, I'll, I'll kill myself if you but can play Mario on, but the, I, on the But Xbox. I think that's the thing. You'll, I will kill myself. <laughs> you'll never play, like, you'll never play a Halo or a Gears on Switch. Sure, okay. Like, they have that core group okay, of yeah, games right. that are, like, but stuff that's like Xbox Game Studio. Yeah, you're right. So if like yeah, if like if Box Boy and Box Girl came to Xbox, like Xbox Boy actually Ex- make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. He is unkilling himself. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I th- I think it was just I'm it, climbing back up the bridge. It, it makes so much sense because it's just no one's well, with the exception of you who got very close a number of times but never pulled the trigger. No one's buying an Xbox for Indie Ori in the Blind Forest. True, yeah. So, but. If they can get it on other systems, they'll still make money from yeah. that. So yeah. So when Cuphead was announced, everyone was like, "Oh my god! Like, what's going to happen next? What other Xbox games are coming?" And like, there was you know rumors of different Xbox exclusives um, and uh, things that might be coming um, to, to the Switch at some point. And the top of everyone's list was Ori and the Blind Forest. So when it was announced um, at a recent Nintendo Direct, it was a, a joyous time. Um, and it came out um, last week uh, on the Switch store. Yep. Um, it's like twenty bucks. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, about... Maybe 30. 20, 30. Between 20 and 30 bucks, 20 depending 30. on where, where you live in the world. Um, uh, I was serviced a code from Microsoft, um, so thank you to that for that. I'm also, sometimes I, I, if you don't know why, if, if I don't know what, how much a game costs, it's because we were, we were serviced yeah. a code or whatever. Yeah. Um, full uh, disparency. Full disclosure. Disclosure, that's what yeah. I was saying. Trans- I was, was going to say transparency or disclosure, but I said disparity. <laughs> Because that's a word now. Just yeah. My my son combined the words also and actually, so he Into will say awesomely. Awesomely. Okay. He's like, like I need to go and brush my teeth right now. <laughs> and um, it made its way into my vocab. And one time right. when I was hosting an event, 
I was like, awesomely, later today, we've got live entertainment. And I was like, oh my God, I just said awesomely in front of hundreds of people into a microphone. Uh, good times. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, Ori in the Blind Forest is on Switch now. Yes. Um, it's a Metroidvania that I always wanted to play. Um, people often compared it to um, Hollow Knight, which as many people who listen to the show know is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it is like a, obviously an exploration-based Metroidvania game in which you play like a little white Creature, sure. You're like a spirit, nip, a spirit, forest nymph. spirit, yeah. a nymph. Yeah, I think a nymph is. I think nymphs are sexier. Oh, oh, damn. Hori is fucking <laughs> <laughs> more like Hori yeah. in the blind forest. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a. Have you played? Have you played this game? Yeah, before? yeah. Did you, you finish it? No, I played it. I had it for a little bit on PC, right. and I'm I'm super excited that it's out on Switch because I think on Switch I'm gonna definitely bury more time into it. It's actually not that long of a game. I'm a, I've, I've put Still. five hours into it and I'm like at 68% or something. Okay. Completion. Um, but man, it, it does so much that appeals to me. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's a Metroidvania game, first and foremost. Yeah. There's light elements of story that are really well integrated into the gameplay. Like it doesn't just show you a cutscene. You'll walk into a play. Like it'll... The, Text will come up as you're walking through the game, yeah, and it will, and there'll be a narrator in like a in a, a made up language reading out the the text, yeah. But like you can read the text, so you know what he's saying, and it's just like little light pepperings of, of mm. story and lore as you're walking through certain areas, getting into new things, seeing these creatures or whatever. Um, the opening is devastating. Oh, it's it's fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, boy. And there's lots of moments like that. It's like you know, this whole thing is about like like you know like so many games like the battle between dark and light, and sometimes the light has darkness within it too, and mm. you know the light doesn't realize, and Ori needs to learn. Yeah, you know, but by by saving some people, you doom others. Yeah, and that's just the way nature is, Ori. Yeah, so things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Um, you unlocked double jump. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, it's, it's so great because it, um, you know, as a completionist of these certain kind of, kind of, kind of games, it will, um, again, I just combined kind and type to said, I said these certain type of games. Right. <laughs> I'm on a good day today. Um, the, the, it, it'll, it show you, as soon as you pause, it will show you the overall percentage of what you, um, have, have completed so far in the game. And if you uh, bring up the map, it shows you how much of each map you've completed. And nice. so, like, it'll be like you know, oh, I'm 93% completed the, the the first part of the of, of the of the map. All right, I might just go back to there and try and find what I what I what I can yeah. unearth with all of the latest abilities I get. There are there, there's like a wheel of 12 abilities you unlock. There's like three separate sort of oh and streams the, of abilities, and there's an ability tree as well. Yeah, like there's there's 12 abilities that you unlock by like visiting different ah like, uh, okay spirits. okay. okay. And they like you know they, you can climb yeah. walls. You can. I just I just unlocked climb wall. I'm I'm very early into yeah, this yeah. game. Man, it gets so good. It is so well suited to handheld play. Yeah. It's just like I, I played a lot of it on on planes and it rules. And um, the music's gorgeous and uh, it looks incredible. Yeah. Like I, I've to go from Link's Awakening remake, which a lot of people have been complaining about the lag on. Have you ever seen much of this? Or you did no, more again? No. So a lot of people are complaining that like they've remade this like you know early '90s Game Boy game with these gorgeous graphics, but it's there's so much slowdown in it. I have not noticed it anywhere near the level that people are complaining about. But Ori has none of that to speak yeah. of, or it does, and I am just terrible at seeing lag. Maybe it this blood, could be something an, an ailment. Bloodstained. I bet you call my grandpa. You. Grandpa, do we have a, a, a history of not being able to notice <laughs> lag in the family? <laughs> Is that hereditary? Um. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, playing it, I'm like, you can very clearly see the people that Team Cherry played Ori. You can tell, t- like, I don't know, weren't they being developed at exactly the same time? Oh no, Ori's like, I think Ori's older than Hollow Knight. By by like a year. Ori in the Blind Forest. We have. Uh, 2015. Oh, okay. It is, yeah. And then Holy Night would be 2017, I think. Yeah. Like, I definitely think. Yeah, 27. Very early 2017. Yeah. I know. I still think that, like, I mean. I'm not. I'm not saying direct copy, but I'm just saying there's DNA. You watch what you say about my fucking favorite game. There's there's, there's (laughs) DNA in Hollow Knight that's definitely visible in Ori. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and obviously both of them have been influenced by Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, but uh. It's just, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's quite surprisingly forgiving. Like, I still, I've still died hundreds of times. But sure. you can, you have this, like, you have these crystals and the crystals allow you to save wherever you are. Yes, which um, is a cool feature. A really, really great Except feature. Except I forget to save all the time. Yeah, totally. But then you die that many times where it's like, okay, I've got to remember yeah. every, every time now. But that's like the, the polar opposite of all other Metroidvania games where the whole thing is like desperately trying to find the save point so you don't lose your progress. This yeah. removes that and it makes it quite a enjoyable kind of like forgiving fun experience as opposed to like the like you know what i love the most about metrovania is that panic yeah fuck I yeah. Go here. <laughs> oh god <laughs> um i'm really hoping that this means the second ori in the blind forest will of the wisps all oh, right i was like ori and the owls who are dicks just thinking of the trailer um yeah, I really. <laughs> no, i wanted to be called that can someone mock that up for us yeah. please <laughs> ori and the owls that are dicks yeah um Really hoping that shows up on Switch now as well. Untitled like Owl sequel. I'm hoping that that is a precedent set. I, that will never happen. I think they're hoping to kind of get people over to the Xbox so so they can play this sequel once they've fall, already fallen in love. Who knows? I hold out I'll, hope. I'll be beautifully surprised if... I, uh, I hold out hope. Okay. I feel it would be, yeah. Um, yeah, so Ari in the Blind Forest. I think this is, for 30 bucks, must cop. Oh, and this is like a must. I, mean, I wish I don't really buy into that. You have to say your favorite games of the year, or games that actually came out that year to begin with. But oh yeah, this like is it's, it's one of my favorite things that I played this year. That's sure. for sure. Yeah, um, it, it's the full package, um, and it's, oh yeah, it's a definitive edition on Switch, which yes. is great. And and after playing a thirty-hour blasphemous game, like knowing that this game is like relatively short, and being able to see. Me, and, and make, I can make so much progress in just an hour of gameplay, and not so steeped in like gothic Catholic. Oh no, I love that. Horror. If, if anything, I bring that to Ori. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, but so anyway, that was a, that was a game that originally came to Xbox that we now finally have on um, on Switch. Yep. Um, and uh, the other link uh, to uh, to Xbox that I've been uh, enjoying is uh, Ukulele, and uh, of course, Microsoft bought Rare. Yes. Um, in the is it early two thousands and rarer response early twenty tens. Oh no no, no no sorry it goes way back way okay back, yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah rarer most famous for developing obviously Donkey Kong Country for um, Super Nintendo um and the, and its two sequels and then uh, they're especially kind of uh, you know referential when it comes to the, the genre of three D platformer on the Nintendo sixty four and they're most famous for the Banjo Kazooie series. Um, and uh, when they were bought by Microsoft, uh, Microsoft made uh, a Banjo-Kazooie sequel called Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, in which they decided, I don't know whose decision it was, but uh, instead of making a kind of like typical 3D platform where it is now a game about building cars, which is not anything that anyone who is a fan of the series wanted. It's very weird. 
Um, uh, yeah, I, I got to say, Microsoft absolutely misused Rare. They had them. The, they had them doing the Connect sports games, right. which were just like obviously desperately trying to catch up with Wii Sports Resort, but just to take to take a developer with that kind of history and having them churn out these like fucking terrible motion control sports games. What a waste! Um, Absolute waste. Totally. And but one thing they did do right was that they um, they published the um, rare replay collection, which mm-hmm. was all of the um, uh, rare made games that don't didn't contain Nintendo licenses. Yep. Um, so you had like everything from there was SNES games and there was Nintendo sixty four games and um, all in this big collection. The banjo games were there, but it was a Microsoft exclusive, yeah. and that was one of the games that everyone hoped would someday come to Switch. And maybe you know, now that we've got Banjo Kazooie and Super Smash Brothers, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Mm. Uh, but some some of the developers that worked on those first Banjo Kazooie games a few years ago, uh, during the, the before everyone realized that Kickstarter maybe isn't great all the time. <laughs> Um, because yeah. often people would kind of like you know get all the money get get millions of dollars when they're only asking for a hundred thousand um, to make a, a video game project and then would suddenly just piss all the money away and everyone would have nothing to show for their their Kickstarter funds. Um, but uh, before all that uh, happened, in fact, one this is one of the first first instances of ever people going like, oh no. Maybe we shouldn't be crowdfunding games. Yeah. Um, a few developers who worked on Banjo Kazooie um, said they were going to bring back the 3D platformer um, with using two characters, a fruit bat and a chameleon, uh, called Yuka and Laylee. Yes, and uh, like Banjo Kazooie was named after um, instruments. Obviously, Yuka and Laylee, ukulele. Um, there's that that connection too. Um, those rare 3D platformers are these big, you know, like collectathon kind of games, and they made the first ukulele game, and uh, it was. Like very very average at best reviews. A lot of sure. people were very disappointed by it. Uh, didn't really do much to kind of modernize uh, the 3D platformer, and it was very um, kind of annoyingly story heavy, um, and uh, just was not the game that everyone was hoping. All, all, all the Banjo Kazooie fans were hoping for. Did you play it at all? No. So it was developed by Playtonic, okay. published by Team Seventeen, um, and. Uh, Last year they announced. Maybe it was the start of this year. They announced that they're making a sequel to Ukulele, but it's not called Ukulele or Ukulele Ukulele Two. It's called Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, not door. Impossible Lair. Um, and uh, this was going to change up gameplay significantly um, by not being a 3D platformer anymore. It's now a 2D platformer. In that, its closest comparison point are the Donkey Kong Return, Donkey Kong Country Returns games themselves are sequels of the rare. Donkey Kong Country games. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's now it still stars all the same characters, um, but all the levels are two D based and like very very similar in that kind of like gorgeous um, like three D constructed two D stages. Do you yeah. remember that, that the Donkey Kong Country Returns games? Yes. You, you played yeah, the first yeah, one. Have you played Have you played Tropical Freeze? No, I haven't. I should learn that to you. I love that game so much. Okay. Um, so I was drawn to this immediately because uh, Tropical Freeze, I think, is one of my favorite games from the last decade. Okay. Um, a game that I, I played on Wii U and was like, oh, I don't really like this. Then I got it on Switch and I was like, this is my favorite game ever and just didn't put it down for two weeks. Um, but what makes this game different is that um, uh, I've only played, like I've played maybe the first six levels, but within, in between each level, um, like where Donkey Kong Country, you just kind of like move from one level to the next. This has like a massive hub world. Oh, damn. Um, which is something that a lot of people have been missing from um, Mario platform, Mario like 3D games like Odyssey and etc. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this like massive secrets filled um, hub world 
that you have to navigate to find all of the actual levels. Um, oh, okay. And within that are all of the kind of other weird characters from the ukulele universe, um, like Trouser, who is a snake. Get it? Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they kind of give you like, you know, little missions to do in the hub world. And then once you fulfill their mission, they'll open up a new level or a new path to a bunch of levels. Okay. There's a lot to do in this game. Yeah. And uh, what's very different about this game is that the first thing it has you do after a brief tutorial is you go um, head-to-head with the main villain at the height of his power. Oh, damn. And you die almost instantly. Sure. And it's like, hey, um, uh, if you, at the end of each level, you collect one of these bees and the bees will means that's one more hit you can take okay. while you're going up against the main villain. Right. So you can either go through this entire game and get all the bees and then be able to take like, you know, like 40 hits or whatever, sure. or you could, you know, just, just keep going at him with d- no, no, no bees. Off. And uh, I, I don't know if it is possible to beat this dude. Um, I, I, I think it'd be a shame if you missed all of the great platforming levels. Oh, of course. Um, it's certainly not on the level of the Donkey Kong Country Returns <laughs> games. It's a lot of a few irritating kind of uh, repetitive Things within each level, um, but there's a lot of fun to be had. I, I, I'm wondering if, because I'm still quite early on in the game, if they just haven't opened up what this game is capable of doing. And I'm hoping, because yeah, like the first, the second world of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is a massive step up in terms of like, uh, like level variation. So sure. I'm hoping this follows a similar, similar footsteps. Anyway, I like platformers a lot. You may have guessed that by how often I talk about them on the show. And um, I think this is a, a pretty cool and special one. So nice. I'll, I'll be uh, checking in with it uh, as I play more of it. Um, it's just come out now. It's on... Uh, it's it's on, like everything? Yeah, I think it's on everything. It's on um, everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. On absolutely everything from uh, PC, um, Xbox, PS4, Switch. It's made with a Unity Linux. engine. Linux? Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's Ukulele out now. Nice. Check it out if you are, if especially even if you were burned by that first one. I definitely think that even though I didn't play it, this one I just think is uh, nails what it's trying to do. The hub world actually reminds me a lot of the hub world, the in between um, battle world of uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Okay, did you play that? I haven't yet. It's God, still sitting rules. in my Switch case. Oh man, it's such a good one. <laughs> um, cool, chameleons and bats, nature's best friends. That's right. Very true. Um, all right. Well, to, to, to bring this to a close, I'm going to talk about Freedom Finger. Mm, which, Freedom and Fingers, nature's which, best friend. Which just came out on the, uh, on the Switch. I know that much. It's, uh, well, it's out on PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Windows, and Mac operating mm, not systems. Linux. No. Sorry, Linux. Yeah. <laughs> you should be sorry, Linux people. Um, so Freedom Finger is a, is a shmup. Um, where you are piloting this, like, the latest um, American, like, combat spaceship, which is in the shape of a hand flipping the bird. <laughs> um, it's it's very... It's very over I, the... I, I almost want to say, say no more. Yeah. <laughs> Great review. Done. <laughs> you can find us at... No, it's um very over the top in terms of tone. Um, the storyline is, like... Chinese terrorists are attacking a American moon base. So you're sent in to like stop them and rescue hostages and stuff. Is it racist? It's as it was like, it's very like the humor delights in being very kind of crude. Um, like you're initially, I was playing through the tutorial and like you're getting briefed by this army general and like someone else, one of the scientists who built the ship, like interrupts to, um, 
to to tell you something about the ship and the general's like I'm gonna go take a dump and it's just like okay um, it very maybe spend thirty more seconds writing dialogue exactly it it very much feels like an adult swim game but like, like an adult swim game probably made like a decade and a half ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like a, an old adult swim game there's adult um, swim cast members in the uh, in the in the, in the I, cast I list think I think so like Dana, Dana Dennis Snyder, Snyder does it Nolan Nolan himself. North has a voice right. Um, it's it's got a like the art style's kind of cool. It's a very sort of animated art style, very like almost the sort of drawings you'd expect from an art student who's boarding class kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I really like about it is it has a mechanic because you're playing as a giant hand. You can grab enemy spaceships and use them as weapons. So that was like the big thing in the trailer because I was like, this doesn't look very good when I first saw it. But yeah. then I saw that in the trailer. I'm like, oh, that's a really fun mechanic. Yeah. So that's really, that's really cool. Does um, it change up the way you play it all? Or? To, to a certain, like it's just, it's cool to grab like a spaceship that looks like a double barrel shotgun and suddenly you're <laughs> firing like huge, like a, a spray of huge projectiles across the screen. Right. But you can also like, because generally you're just firing like laser balls out of the middle finger of this ship. You can actually censor it. So instead of the middle finger, it's just the, the, the pointer, pointer, Peter pointer. Um, and you can also censor like a bunch of like swearing and stuff like that, which, you know, I, I don't know why you'd give this to your kids to play, but <laughs> go for it. But you can also I want like my children to hate China, but I don't want them to yeah, learn swear words. Yeah. You can also like, you, you can hit a button and your, your ship turns into a fist and punches stuff great so that can be used to like you can either punch a ship to explode or you can hit debris that's on screen and that'll fire it at whatever's in can a straight you, line can you high five no i haven't seen that shaka? yet can you do a, do a no, shaka? no this Damn. game sucks <laughs> um uh what's the point of having fingers if you can't shaka? yeah i'm not i'm not super far into it and to be honest i'm not very good at shmups yeah, um, which is that's a it's something we have to learn about ourselves at some point in our lives. Yes, shmups, fighting games, couple of other genres. It's just I'll never I'll never be good at this, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Years of therapy have have rendered me fine. What are you, what are if if those are your ones you're bad at? What are the ones you're definitely good at? Oh, like point and click adventures. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of the episode is just you laughing at me for saying point and click adventures. I don't know adventures. why that is so funny. That is so genuinely um, funny. I'm probably like I'm getting better at platformers. Definitely, I'm not amazing at them, but you are good at games, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting there. <laughs> driving, it's point and click adventures and driving giant Russian trucks through forests. <laughs> Those are my two fortes. Um, look, it's it, sim what, sim games. Yeah, sim. I guess to a certain extent. Um, depends on what's being simmed. Um, <laughs> The other thing I really like is each each of the levels you play through has like a different band doing the song for it. So I think there's like there's thirty levels, which means there's thirty kind of cool songs on the soundtrack. And it's all like yeah, like kind of headbangy. Headbangy. Some of it's headbangy. Some of it's like beatsy kind of stuff. Right. Like cool kind of mix. Yeah, fun. Um, I'll, I'll put a bit more time into it. I'd I'd say like wait for, unless you are desperately passionate about. Uh, shmups or and, and and hating China and hating China. Um, I mean, well, uh, like it said, like Chinese terrorists, and I'm like, the terrorist part indicates that they're not necessarily part of China's best interests. So maybe they're not hating on the country, but still, 
just say terrorists have taken over the moon base. Or like a space terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's also setting up for one of the voice actors to do a horrible Chinese that's, accent that's at some getting, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so unless you're a big fan of those two that things, that horrendous show, Minority Team. You know that Adult Swim yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Some of Adult Swim's history is best left forgotten. <laughs> um, wait for a sale. Okay, I'd say. Um, oh, it's developed by Wide Right Interactive. If you were desperate to know that, I wonder what else they made. Let me see. Yeah, good point. Let's have a look. Um, Wide Right Interactive. Oh, Joe DiMar- John DiMaggio's in this as well. Oh, the voice of uh, Bender and Bender Jake. And Jake, yep. Um, yeah, this, I think, looks to be their only game so far. Yeah, right, cool. Yeah, awesome. Interesting entry. Yeah, I'm curious about it. I might steal your Switch It's very, It's very yeah. weird. It's very absurd. Like That's appealing. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Well, that's it for our game reviews. Let's take a quick email before we uh, wrap this episode up. Uh, this one comes from Business, Ooh. but his name is actually Declan. But hey, Declan, you might want to look at your email address because uh, your personal email address's name comes through as Business. Can you send us an email from Party next time? <laughs> hey guys, Declan here. Love the podcast. Been binging each episode for about two weeks now, finally up to date. During this time, I've been wanting to suggest a perfect indie game in my eyes, but wanted to make sure it wasn't mentioned in an episode before writing this email. The game in question is Tales from Space Mutant Blobs Attack. Easiest way to explain it is Katamari Damacy Donut County meets a 2D platformer. Hmm. It was developed by Drinkbox Studios, the developers behind the brilliant Guacamelee series, and originally released in 2012 for PS3 and PS Vita. It recently saw a re-release on Switch back in May in 2019. It's brilliantly fun and immensely satisfying seeing your tiny blob turn from the size of a peanut to larger than the sun. Starting out in the lab, you traverse through bite-sized stages, eating up anything you can as you go to grow in size. The music is amazing, the gameplay is super fluid and tight to control, the visuals pop and have so much charm, and it is littered with indie game-related jokes and puns, much like Wokamele. Extremely highly recommend this one, even if you guys have played this already, hopefully some of my fellow listeners can give it a go. It's super cheap as well, priced at around 15 um, Australian dollars, and perfect for on-the-go gaming due to its bite-sized 3 to 5 minute levels. All the best, looking forward to what you think. Declan from Sydney. That is a hell of a wreck. Yeah, I mean, it is something that's been on my radar for a while, obviously as a big fan of Drinkbox and as an owner of a PS Vita, um, it was one of those indie games that like, I I was like one of the, the... I remember like one of the big indies that like everyone was like, oh, this is like going to be a great console for indie games. Sure. Uh, I know that like Greg Miller from Kind of Funny like adores this game and talks about it constantly. Okay. Um, I'm look based I'll, on purely based on Katamari Damacy Donut County comparison. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah, Sounds definitely. Dope. And Drinkbox are a great studio. Yeah, we love, love the Guacamole, Guacamole one and two, both both amazing. I still need to finish two. I think I have. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You're about to see you another, thing, another thing to lord over you. <laughs> uh, uh, final email comes from Patrick um, from Berlin. Uh, hey guys, mm. first things first, thank you very much for the great podcast. Each week I write down several of the titles that you discuss and then work my way through them as soon as my wallet allows it. It was you who told me about games such as Kadana Zero, Hollow Knight, The Messenger, Ape Out, Celeste, and so on. I've been playing a game called Race the Sun, developed and published by Flipfly again recently, and boy, is it so addictive. The concept is that you're piloting a solar plane towards the sun, which is going down. The sun powers your plane, so being in the shadows slows you down, and you lose once the sun is down. While flying towards the horizon, you have to dodge obstacles and collect stuff. The aesthetic is minimalistic as it gets, and it gets really hard pretty quickly. Have you ever heard of or played this game? I I really wonder what your opinion is, although it's not a Metroidvania, smiley face. I think I have played this game. 
Um, P.S. Can I get a shout out to my kids? Emil um, and Janush. Or Janush. And is it Emily or M- 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 I mean, it's E-M-I-L-E. M- M- you can get an extremely badly pronounced shout out to your kids. Yeah. Emile and Janus. Yeah. Janush. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen Race the Sun around. I, I feel like deep in my past I've played a very similar game to it. Because he does say like... Developed and published by Flip Fly again recently. No, he's been playing it again recently. Oh, right. Okay. That's on you, buddy. Yeah. Didn't, Pat- Patrick didn't, did no wrong. Besides naming his kids with difficult names yeah. for Australians to understand. <laughs> didn't pass that one out very well. I've seen it around. I think it's on... Steam? Yeah. It's on. Uh, yeah, it's on, only on uh, computers at the moment. No, oh, no, no, it's on everything. It's on everything except Switch. Oh, boo. It's on the Wii U. <laughs> I'm going to play it on my Wii U. Cool. Um, yeah, look, looks pretty cool. Yeah. Worth, worth a try if it ever comes to Switch. Thank please, you very please much. Please come to Switch. Thanks for the rec, Patrick. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can by emailing allthesmallgames at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to get in touch about something specific, we were thinking about setting up a uh, All the Small Games Patreon before the yeah. end of the year, um, specifically to uh, start a group either on Facebook or Discord that is entirely dedicated to uh, like-minded friends talking about indie video games and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, that that, sound, that you, sounds like a goddamn great time to me. Keep them big games the hell out of here, boy. Uh, but uh, on top of that, we would also maybe do like a deep dive on a particular game that we love yeah. um, from, from the past, an indie game that we love. Uh, also once a month, like do a bonus episode and a few other little perks. But if you had any idea of some things that would uh, make you consider uh, supporting the show, we are putting a lot more time into them than we used to Yes, as a weekly show now. And so uh, it'd be cool to kind of come up with a way for us to, uh, you know, get a little something for our hard work. Um, and give you more. That's, that's probably what I should have left led, led with. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all the small game, all the small games at gmail.com or at Twitter um, at all the small game. Um, some things that you would like to see from us in the future. Uh, yeah. That'd, that'd let be us lo- know. lovely to see. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us uh, also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash all the small games or individually on Twitter and Instagram. John is at 16 Targos. I'm at Levdog. We love talking about indie games with people like you. So please get in touch. Holler at your boys. See you next week. Bye.